This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Liverpool are temporarily top of the Premier League after defeating Newcastle United 1-0 at St James's Park thanks to a first-half strike from Naby Keita. My name is Patrick Smith and you're listening to the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel courtesy of the Liverpool Echo after a crucial title race win for the Reds, though one that was perhaps more comfortable than the scoreline suggests. All that matters is the three points, though numerous chances were squandered by the Liverpool front three, though a classy midfield and rock-solid defensive performance never had the result in doubt. At the time of recording, the Reds are top of the Premier League before Man City have kicked off against Leeds, so let's hope by the time you're listening, Jesse Marsh has done Jürgen a favour. Stay with us here on the post-game pod though as we react to that win on Tyneside, with Ian Doyle's verdict from the press box and the reaction of Liverpool fans. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel. Well, it's all over here at St James's Park and Liverpool have uh, secured a very hard-earned and deserved 1-0 victory over Newcastle United. It's worth bearing in mind that Newcastle came into this game as the second most informed Premier League team of the calendar year after Liverpool. I think they'd won 10 of their 15 games because they've improved so much under Eddie Howe and obviously since the uh, takeover they spent a fair bit of money in January, moved away from the relegation zone. So this was always going to be a difficult game for the Reds but I thought they managed it very, very well and it was uh, all the more impressive given the changes that Jürgen Klopp made. He, With this being slap bang in the middle of the two legs of the Champions League semi-final against Villarreal, uh, they made five changes. They you know, basically showed evidence of the strength and depth that they've uh, they've had all season, and this was probably the biggest test of that. As I say, against the Newcastle team, you know we had more than fifty thousand fans here. They were well up for it. Newcastle were well up for it, but Liverpool kind of you know slowly got to grips with the game and, and demoralised them. Uh, with the five changes, uh, the most significant absence was Mohamed Salah. Uh, Diego Jota came in for him, and uh, you know Jota could easily have scored a couple of goals. Certainly in the in the second half, when Liverpool were able to to counter a bit more with Newcastle pressing for an equaliser, and the reason that they were going for that equaliser was the uh, the only goal of the game, which was scored on 19 minutes from uh, from Naby Keita. Uh, very well worked goal. T- Two, although there was a certainly for Newcastle, I feel as though the fans inside the ground thought there was it was a controversial goal because basically James Miller, who came in for. It was another change. He was made his first start in a Premier League game since uh, the January the second, the two-two draw at uh, Chelsea. He, he gave the ball away, passing the ball forwards, but then he came uh, came back and put in a good tackle on Fabian Schur. Now Schur went down, and the fans thought that it possibly could have been a free kick. But referee Andre Mariner he waved play on, and we saw the replays, and it was a perfectly good tackle for a challenge. It was it was hard, but fur, you know, fur, but uh, fairly fairly you know, strong on the play and it left him down but Liverpool played on the ball came to Keita he pushed forward just to the edge of the area played a 1-2 with uh, Diogo Jota ran onto the pass then put the goalkeeper on the floor Martin Dubravka and then finished from close range past three defenders on the line so very well composed goal and it was a uh, Fitting that it was K2 scored because he had a very good game, and what was interesting is that before the game, some Liverpool fans were a little bit concerned that the midfielder was Keita Henderson and Milner. But the other two times those three have started in the Premier League this season, Liverpool won 5 0 at Watford and Manchester United. And uh, at United, of course, it was Keita who set the ball rolling and uh, did exactly the same here. But uh, of all Liverpool's players who came, and I thought the best performance was possibly Joe Gomez at right back. He hasn't had a lot of opportunities this season, we know. But the last couple of times he's come in at right back, he's he's done a good job. Did it again today. I, I made him my man of the match. But the fact that there were so many that could have, you know, also got that award. You look at 
Jordan Henderson did well in midfield. Joel Matip played excellently at uh, centre back. He was another that came in on the uh, on the wing. We had uh, Luis Diaz again. Every single time he's played for Liverpool since arriving, he's looked like a threat. And you know he pulled Newcastle this way and that. And I thought he did exceptionally well. Um, Liverpool. Say in the second half, Newcastle after the break, who had, Newcastle hadn't really done much. You know, we, we know about Alan St. Maximum and the threat that he's got. John Joe Shelby in the middle, he can spray passes around, but they, you know, they were never really able to gain any momentum. You know, Eddie Howe, the manager, said after the game that you know that was the case. He never thought there was ever a, that moment where you thought that Newcastle were going to score, or you know that moment to regret. There was wasn't really any of that. And Alison Becker only had one shot of note to, to save. I think Newcastle only had one shot on target, and that was a bit of a dribbler at that. So wasn't too difficult for the goalkeeper that was because of the performance of the the defense and particularly the midfield but Newcastle as I say after the half time they did make a bit more of a go of it but that allowed Liverpool more space on the break and uh, as I said before Jota had a couple of chances Diaz hit the side netting and then when Salah did get on uh, for the past last 15 20 minutes then about you know three or four minutes he'd, he'd, he'd almost scored three goals and he'd put a great ball through so you know Liverpool We'll be very happy with this. Obviously, it comes a few, you know just a couple of days after Jurgen Klopp reaffirmed his Anfield commitment by signing a, a new deal and to extend to 2026. And it, you know, it's no reason. You know, it's it's not hard to understand why when you see Liverpool a squad like this. I mean, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain didn't make the bench. Divock Origi was also not here. He was uh, unwell. And you know, these are players who, who weren't involved. Better Firmino. He was also he was also still overcoming a, an injury that's ruled him out the last few games. So. Add them into the mix, and you can see. To give me Minamino, didn't make the bench. Add them into the mix, you can see why Liverpool are able to challenge on four fronts. You know they're going to go to Villarreal now on uh, on Tuesday. They'll play the second leg two 0 up, having rested four or five players who are almost likely to play. You know Trent Alexander-Arnold didn't even get on today, so he's 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 bound to start uh, in El Madrigal on uh, on Tuesday in Spain. So all in all, very good work for Liverpool. We'll have to wait and see what happens with Manchester City later in the day. But City know they're in, still in with a. You know they're going to have to fight for this this Premier League crown if they want to retain it because Liverpool want to regain it. And uh, Klopp didn't do his uh, didn't do his fist pump after the game, but he didn't need to because this performance uh, spoke for itself. The post game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Mike Holt from Go On The Match Podcast with my review on Liverpool 1, Newcastle United 0. Thanks to a goal from Naby Keita. That was uh, horrible to watch in that last 20 minutes, especially. Um, if, if every game's going to go like this for the rest of the season now, you know, everyone's just going to be horrible. You know, I much prefer being 4-0 up, of course, but, you know, this side of things that you see from Liverpool today just go to show how much resilience we have got. Um, and it's coming again from that 19-20 season when we did win the league. Um, yeah, we weren't, we weren't at our best today. Um, and, but like I say, if we don't have to be a lot of the time. We don't have to be 100%. And to, to be able to change the team up and not play the likes of Trent, to play the likes of Salah, um, Fabinho even, you know, and given other people like Joe Gomez, etc., even James Milner, who was incredible today? A chance to show what they can they can still do and give you know the um, the normal starters a rest. It's really important, um, and that's the way that we will win trophies this season. It's by rotating at the right times and picking the right people for the right fixtures. Um, this was always going to be a potential banana skin. Um, Newcastle are one of the informed teams behind us in City, especially a half twelve kick off at their place. You know, it's just not a nice way for it to be set up. Um, 
And like I said last week on uh, after the Villarreal um, reflection, I think City have got to play after us for the next three times now. You know, we're we're playing before them. So we're heaping the pressure on them, and that's exactly. I think we're in the best position out of the two teams to be able to put them under the cosh. Essentially, you know, just getting the points on the board is the most important thing at this point of the season. Doesn't really matter about the results of the performance, um, and that was epitomised today. Um, and going into the game, yeah, I thought man of the match. If I was going to pick one, I'd probably go with James Milner. I thought he epitomised everything that we set out to do today. Um, he obviously makes that great tackle, and it is a great tackle. C- couldn't believe the amount of whinging that there was from people on social media and and uh, in the media in general about it potentially being a foul, which is nonsensical. Um, and then obviously Kater slots that ball away, really composed finish. Um, and we did have chances throughout the whole game. You know, Jot had a few good chances. Diaz got into good, some good spaces, but we just couldn't really find the back of the net. A lot of the time, we were shooting and we were hitting it straight at Debravka rather than finding the corners. But like I say, defensively, we were so we were so set up in midfield and in the back four. The back four did really well today in terms of playing the offside trap, like we always do. But we you know we caught them off a lot today. Um, you could see Joe Linton getting really frustrated by that. I thought Joe Gomez was superb. I think when you when he's told in a game like that that he doesn't have to go forward, and the other fullback being Andy Robertson has the um, allowance to go forward of the of the two fullbacks, he just does his job very nicely there. Um, some games maybe at home when you've got more of the possession and you need to go forward, maybe that doesn't suit him a bit more. But a game like that, I think that actually suited him quite well, and I think he played really well off the back of it. Um, Naby Keita played really well. It's probably one of the better games he's had um, in a long time. Um, and like I say, it, it was just so much about getting the result today, especially given that we're playing City before the kickoff, the opposition. We just need Leeds to hopefully do us a favour on the half five. Um, and if they don't, you know, we'll just go again um, in the league and we'll just keep going like this. And like Henderson usually says, and it's getting quite boring for him, I'd imagine you've just got to take every game at a time. And although it's a cliche, it's true and it's worked so far. Um, we just got to keep pushing. Villarreal in a Champions League semi-final coming up midweek doesn't really get better than being a red at the moment. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 1-0 win away to Newcastle United and we're still alive in the Premier League. We needed a goal, didn't we? We needed another goal. One-nil's never comfortable, but in truth, Newcastle really never looked like scoring. Um, Sam Axman doesn't really seem to know what he's doing and they never really looked dangerous in in our defensive third of the field whenever they did run through albeit in offside positions Alison Becker is is all you need so one nil seems like a a, a little bit of a, a tenuous victory but it really wasn't I think we were in control the whole time and um, I don't like going into the final 20 25 minutes with just a one goal lead but in all honesty, I think we were we were fairly safe there. I I think that Naby Keita, who of course got the winning goal, will will take some of the headlines. But even if he hadn't, I think he was my man of the match today. Worked very hard, showed himself for the ball an awful lot. Was was very tenacious in trying to win the ball back. Did a lot of running. I'm sure had many touches, and. Um, and and is penetrative with the ball at his feet, which is, which is something that um, is is probably 
his asset in comparison to everybody else, he, he's probably at the sort of at the top of the tree there at Liverpool. Thiago's obviously progressive, playing the ball forward, but not too many people, certainly in the midfield group that we have, will have the ball at their feet and run between players and uh, and try and, and try and get behind the lines. And Naby Kate is excellent for that. And I think. I think now it's established, and of course anything could change. You know, I, I anticipate that we'll buy midfielders in the summer because that's where we are um, not at our absolute strongest. That that midfield three is not our strongest line on the pitch, and I think we'll we'll add to our personnel. But as this running continues, I think the big games, notwithstanding, you know rotation and the odd opportunity just to just rest people the big games has got to be Fabinho in the holding position and then it's going to be two of Henderson Thiago and Naby Keita now and you'd be happy with with any two of those three uh, I think talking about the goals that weren't scored and you know if, if you were looking for the comfort of a, a second goal there it was a shame to see Mane, Jota and Mo squandering chances uh, Robbo as he tends to do in front of goal, rather snatched at an effort. Joe had a um, a slashing pile driver from outside the box that went well over the bar. Um, but I'm not too concerned about that. I think uh, I think on other days we'd have had better success in front of goal. Joe Gomez, by the way, and Andy Robertson, as I've just mentioned, those two, apart from their uh, performance right in front of goal, I thought had superb games. And... Not for the first time in the last few weeks. I'm absolutely delighted with Joe Gomez as a right back. And, and I'm far happier now about the idea of Trent having much needed rest periods um, than I was at the start of the season. Because um, Gomez is is looking more like the right back that we would like to see in a Liverpool shirt. Defensively, nobody I think ever had any problems with him. But going forward he's he's now able to be more productive than I think uh, than I think he ever was um, with the rotation that we had and the players that we were able to keep on the bench or just provide them with a few minutes a bit of a loosener I think now the the lineup for Villarreal will be will be of course Alisson in goal Trent back at right back I think Konate will step in for Joel Matip which gives us the option of either Conate or Matip the following weekend, Virgil and Robbo. In midfield, of those four that I just mentioned, I think we'll see Henderson, Fabinho and Thiago. The reason I think that is because see Naby played the whole game today. So Hendo got a bit of a rest, Thiago got quite a lot of a rest. So we're very well placed to see those two in the in the two number eight positions. Mo, I think, will be back on the field up there on the right-hand side. Uh, and I expect Mane, again, as he came off, I expect him to take up his position probably in the middle with Diaz on the left. But Jota had a super game today. You know, he did really well. It just may be that he ran himself into the ground a little bit too much and therefore kind of played himself out of contention for for Wednesday's game. I have a sneaking suspicion, though, that if Bobby Firmino is not fit, and perhaps you know more about Bobby's injury than I do, but if if... Bobby is fit I wouldn't be at all surprised especially given that we have an advantage uh, in this semi-final already if Bobby comes in and then we see Sadio Mane back to his 
familiar position on the left-hand side. Great deal to be excited about either way. At Galasahi on Twitter, G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. Hello, this is Owen from Cop On Podcast. Some headlines leading up to this match included how Eddie has turned the magpies around and 12 incredible stats behind Newcastle United's stunning form in 2022 and you could forgive many fans from having an extra jump in their pre-match jitters. When the team sheet dropped, however, I was a little bit disappointed by, you know, how much Twitter was going Buttock clench crazy again. I never doubted anyone for a millisecond. Of course, I didn't doubt James Millie Milner, who was once again being questioned online by all manner of questionable online accounts. This kind of pitter-patter is really annoying, and I wanted Milner to smash it, to once again shut those nincompoops up who time and again write him off like some old Mazda, only for El Burrito Delicioso to cruise through the gears and glide into the red sunset as he has done a thousand times before, and he didn't let me down. What a performance! Bashing into tackles, sweeping up, spraying it wide, keeping it simple, reading the play. Enjoy your post-match Ribena, James. It's well-deserved. Kudos to Joe Gomez and Joel Matip, who were magnificent in nullifying the constant threat of Alan Saint-Maxima, and Hendo played that six-role like Lee Catamol's wildest dream. Nabby Cater, however, was my man of the match. What a performance from him. The last time I heard Jurgen Klopp talk about Nabby post-match, Jurgen didn't do anything. He just woofed. He went, Nabby, woof. And I wonder if similar animal noises would escape our manager this time, or perhaps he could just wolf-whistle. Nabby lad. What joy to see him breaking up play, playing key passes, holding the ball up, getting involved in absolutely everything, and of course, rolling it round the keeper and smashing home a 20th minute winner today. Congratulations to him and congratulations to the whole Liverpool team who today saw that banana skin on in the middle of the Premier League path picked it up and chucked it in front of Pep Guardiola's approaching city bus. This is Owen from Cop On Podcast, not giving Leeds United much of a chance today, but you never know. The worst that can happen in any circumstance is that Liverpool will continue to be breathing our warm breath right onto Pep's sweaty neck. Don't flinch, Pep. Don't flinch. Really big performance from Liverpool at Newcastle United, putting them top of the Premier League by the close of play. I, I I've been really interested to see how Klopp sort of manages his squad over the the coming weeks. Obviously, we know 
the most crucial players to Liverpool are you want to start in the in the biggest games. Of course, the problem is at the moment is every single game that Liverpool play is is the biggest game of the season. There's absolutely no let up in that. So the way he's able to manage them and mix teams throughout this period may be the biggest defining factor in in how successful Liverpool are. And again, within your side, you know that there's a certain amount of players within Liverpool's first eleven or the vast majority, who you want to play as many minutes as possible. And so, taking the right fixture in which to extract them out of the sides, rest them, give them more limited minutes, is going to be an absolute crucial factor. And when the team sheets obviously came in today for the trip to Newcastle, obviously a team in form... I was, I must admit, yeah, I can't be, you know, clever after the events. I was concerned. <laughs> there was a, a real concern. And the, the two main ones for me, when I looked at the, the side, was I've mentioned before that, for me, Alexander-Arnold is the player that Liverpool can't replace. I think he's, he's that important to Liverpool. I think all the statistics since he made his debut for Liverpool when he's played or has not been in the side, there's a massive difference in how successful are the outcome that Liverpool are able to obtain from them games. And obviously, all that he brings to the final third of the pitch, the different ways he can hurt teams. And especially in a game like today, in which despite Newcastle obviously playing well, you know the style that Newcastle had adopted over many years. That ain't going to change just because of a, a few advantageous results and the fact that they've built up a bit more confidence. And also because, obviously, they have a lot more limited footballers than Liverpool, so you imagine they were going to sit in a, in sort of a deep shape. And I always concern myself when you make most creative player from a deeper position and a player who's capable of opening a door in so many different ways is obviously not in the side. And couple that, obviously, with Thiago not being in the side as well your most creative midfield player, your two most inventive players, the players who create passing lanes and are able to make chances in all different scenarios, that did worry me before the kickoff. And obviously you're then taking out your best player in Mohamed Salah, who you never really won out your side at any moment in time. But that's why the manager is the standard of manager he is and why him and his you know all the the data analysts at the club will be making the decisions based on the numbers and who obviously can come into the side and be the most productive player in that position so for example obviously there's we know that you'd rather have alexander arnold Thiago, and, and salad on the field of play but if if they're not quite at the level in terms of their numerics in physical data for example then obviously other players could be better suited to that and that was obviously the fourth process today, Joe Gomez came in for Alexander-Arnold, James Milner coming in for Thiago, and obviously at the top end of the pitch, Diogo Jota coming in for Salah. Now, another concern of mine was not just that you're taking, for example, Thiago and, and Alexander-Arnold out, but it's also because you can't really replace them in their profiles in the team. So when you are replacing them, you're replacing them with players who can't replicate what them two players can do. And I don't mean just, obviously, the standard of replication. Obviously, that's going to be massively difficult because they're such a high level. But in terms of style as well, you are taking the the, the style away and having to change that in the makeup of the dynamics of your team because, obviously, you're not going to get that creativity from right back. And also, you're not going to 
have that same creativity and that sort of left-hand half space that Thiago's been operating in for Liverpool. So Joe Gomez came in and I'm a massive fan of Joe Gomez. I've said it on the podcast before. I think he's been a fantastic player for Liverpool and a fantastic centre-half. I've never really been that much of a fan, however, of him playing in the right-back role and that's because primarily he's always been as you would imagine for the centre-back, quite limited in what he can offer you in the final thirds and so much emphasis that Liverpool have on the full-back areas in terms of creation and, and carving out chances. And I must say, I had nothing to worry about based on today and actually based on the last few weeks in which Joe Gomez has filled in for Alexander-Arnold because his actual creativity from the position, his use of the ball in higher areas has been so much improved and there's obviously been a lot of work been done on the training field to try and extract that kind of performance out of Gomez. And again, today, such a lovely ball played inside. Uh, an Alexander-Arnold-like pass for Manny, who just missed and, and should have obviously put the game to bed in the second half. But there was other examples as well where Gomez made really good decision-making in the final third and was able to really contribute to Liverpool's attacks. And then on the defensive side of the game, obviously, and this may be another reason in Klopp's thinking for the Alexander-Arnold decision, obviously we knew, we knew that Joe Linton playing for Newcastle, a massive out for them to be able to gain territory in the final third is lofted balls in his vicinity, such as his strength and ability in the air. And obviously Gomez, after a little bit of a struggle start in terms of that, in terms of managing that situation, between him, Matip and Keita, they were able to dominate that aspect of Newcastle's game in the second half, which made that made sure that Liverpool had really real assurance and there wasn't sort of them second balls being able to drop off and put Newcastle in positions where they could potentially have uh, shots or attacking interventions in the, in that area of the pitch. So an all round fantastic performance from Gomez, I felt. And again, I know I've mentioned this before, but it'll be really interesting to see what happens with this player in the summer because ideally you really want to keep him on board, obviously capable of, of playing as a as a right-back when required and a, and a top-class centre-half. I mean, you look at the England side, I have no doubt that Joe Gomez is one of the best two centre-halves in English football. But you just wonder how he's going to get that game time playing in that position for Liverpool. Obviously, throughout his Liverpool career, there's always been a sort of time lapse and it's been perfect in terms of Matip and Gomez stepping in for, for each other at the period of time they've both been at Liverpool and both providing a top-class option at centre-half. Obviously, we know Gomez's traits, absolute fantastic pace, good reading of the game and really good distribution as well from that centre-half area to be able to thread balls between the lines, which is obviously a different skill set than creating from a wide full-back area. But obviously with Canati coming into the club this year, it's given another option. Obviously he's done fantastically well and Gomez has fell down the pecking order. And obviously players always want to be involved in, in successful clubs, but you'd have to think that Gomez lost a year of his career the previous season and obviously has had very limited minutes this season. So it'll be interesting to see how, how Liverpool manage that situation and because you ideally want to keep him, but I don't really see the answer to that, that question at this moment in time. And obviously with James Milner coming into the side, now I've been quite vocal that Milner for me has been beyond the level to play central midfield for Liverpool for at least two seasons now. I just think, listen, a very still a very competent Premier League player, but for the level that Liverpool require, I just think he's, which is only to be expected because of his age brackets. I mean, he's not going to lose that fantastic stamina, but the... 
the other elements of your game, that little bit of sharpness, the reaction time that you lose in that central midfield area, and the the pace to be able to get up to the ball and be able to have that physicality that Liverpool need. I felt that he was always a yard or two off, both on the ball and off the ball over recent seasons. And I actually feel that the majority of his better performances for Liverpool over that period has been a full-back when he's got a little more time to see the game in front of him. So I was concerned seeing him in the side today. But I must say, obviously with Newcastle not having the level of pressure they were able to apply on the ball and a little bit more time for Liverpool, I felt his performance was really good, Milner really good and obviously you can't sort of talk about the intangibles of what what he brings on the the outside of the pitch to the club which I have no doubt is is absolutely massive and for that reason I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever to see him offered another year on his contract but actually contributing on the field of play that was a really top class contribution from Milner today. And I felt that Liverpool obviously made the changes at the right time as well in the second half, bringing Thiago and Fabinho on to gain that little bit of control when I felt that, obviously, Liverpool, after having it for the majority of the game, had just gone into a bit of a sloppy spell in terms of how they've used possession. So, all in all, excellent use of the squad from Jürgen Klopp. And again, I think throughout the course of the season, the way he's managed the squad... And the minutes he's given to them without, without over-fatiguing the squad and still being able to gain results. And the mixture of the team, the chemistry within the team that he's been able to uh, give on a weekly basis has been one of the features of how, how Liverpool have been able to, to do in this particular season and how far they've been able to go in each competition. So, excellent, excellent result for Liverpool. And considering the kickoff time, considering the run that Newcastle have been on, considering Liverpool's schedule within midweek one that could be one of the biggest ones of the season
You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.